0: Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. There is what's called anxious self-talk. It deals with worry, with fear, obsessions, and self-criticism. Anxiety likes to have a voice, and it wants to be heard. And we've all heard the voice of anxiety in our heads And when it is heard by us, it can have power over us. As I mentioned before in Matthew 6, when Jesus said, don't take worry, that means don't take a thought. Don't allow your cares to trouble you because when you do this, anxiety can take control over you. So... You've got to quiet the anxious voice in your head. And sometimes that's hard to do. When you've got so much going on around you, it's hard sometimes to quiet that voice that's in your head. Now, there's a few things that you can do. One is you can ignore it. Two, you can just busy yourself. And sometimes people will do that just to stay busy so they don't listen to that voice. Number three, you can try to argue fact over fiction. This is my worry, but here's the facts. And then number four, the world will encourage you to do meditation. Now, for you and I, we go into the book of Psalms and we found that David meditated. For you and I, meditation is prayer, the word, and God's presence. We Oftentimes we put on uh, worship music and we'll get along and we'll begin to pray and we'll begin to cast our cares upon him. And we'll begin to get into God's word and we meditate in his presence. We meditate upon his word. But there's another way. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7, Paul said, Do not be anxious about anything. Verse 7, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So don't allow the voice of anxiety to take control over you. Just allow the peace of God to silence that voice in your head and in your heart. The word anxious here in the Greek, as I mentioned, it means to take fault or care for. You're trying to care for all the worries in your life. The word peace here in Philippians, in the Greek, it means quietness or rest and then to set at one again to set yourself back on solid ground, to bring yourself back into alignment with your father and his care for your life, to reset yourself to where you're not a double-minded man and you're not anxious and unstable, but you're at peace and you're at rest. You see, the peace of God can quiet the voice of anxiety in your head. And there are people in this room and watching online that are anxious and the voice of anxiety in your head it's going over and over all the cares of your life and it's beginning to take control over you and you can busy yourself you can ignore it you can argue with it but the best way is to let the peace of God as Paul said in Philippians 4 to stand at your mind and your heart as a sentry a guard, and the Greek, that means to guard, it's like a soldier, a sentry. That guards at the, the door to your heart and to your mind and says, not here, not now. The peace of God. And Mark chapter 4, verse 35 and 41, this is actually, again, part of that introduction uh, that I was going to read to you. But I want to read this too. We visited this before back in 08 and 10, I believe. But let me just read this again to you. Uh, Mark 4, verse 35 And forty one, on the same day when evening had come, he said to the disciples, "Let us cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee." Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. Now, pause and look at me. What 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 was happening here is Jesus was in the boat. This is you got to pay attention to stuff like this. You got to research it and go. What does that mean? As he was, he was in the boat teaching the multitude that was on the shoreline. There's so many people, they put him in the boat to keep him away from the crowd. And so he got out in the boat and he was teaching the crowd. And then he said to the disciples, let's go to the other side. So they took him out of that moment of teaching. So I want you to understand this is a teaching moment. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. I've got something I want to teach you guys. So he's in the spirit of the teacher. So they took him as he was. And other little boats also were with him. Notice that. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat. Into the boat. So that it was already filling up. Okay. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him. Teacher do you not. Notice they called him here teacher. Teacher do you not care that we're we're perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be? Notice that, that even the wind and the sea obey him. Let's title this peace of mind. Part one, making it to the other side. Father, bless the reading of your word. Speak to your people. Bring peace into the troubled minds and the troubled hearts of your people. I pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Making it to the other side. Verse 35. He said to them, let us go over to the other side. Knowing there's a storm coming. Let us go over to the other side. And then down in Mark chapter 5, the next chapter, verse 1, it said, then they came to the other side. Do you believe you're going to get on the other side of your storm? You've got to understand that. Do you understand, again, everything is father-filtered? Everything. It doesn't mean that God caused it, but God will allow it and God will use it. Just like with Job. He didn't cause that. He allowed the enemy to attack Job. He was on a chain, though. God controlled him. God allowed it. God used it, though, to take Job where he needed Job to be. So understand this. Everything that you're going through, your personal life, your business, your church, your community, whatever you're going through is father-filtered. And you have to know you're going to make it to the other side. You're going to get there. It's not going to be easy. I'm not saying that, but you're going to get to the other side. So I want to give you seven navigational truths through your storm, seven navigational truths that will help you get to the other side. Number one, you're not going to like this one. Trouble is often the vehicle God uses to transport you to your destiny. Matthew 28, excuse me, Matthew 8, 23. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. That's how Matthew said it. He got into the boat and the disciples followed him. You need to know this. Now you're not gonna like this, but you're gonna have to remember, as I just said, everything's fathered, filtered, and God led them into that storm. Do you understand that? God led them into that storm. You said, I don't understand what I'm in. Mean. I get it, but the Father led you into that. And if he led you into it, he'll lead you through it. Do you understand that? That's for somebody. You need to know he'll lead you through it. He's gonna take you through it. As I said here a couple weeks ago, the storm you think is going to destroy you is only driving you into your destiny. You have to know that. That storm that's behind you, that's on your heels, and it's pushing you, You think, oh my God, this is going to destroy me. That's not going to destroy you. It's driving you. The force of that storm is driving you into your destiny. You have to remember that Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And so they followed him. On the other side was the demon-possessed man by the name of Legion. They had a divine appointment. And that storm was driving them to that appointment for the benefit of someone else. So know this, men that would conquer their circumstances, remember legion, he called him out. He came out of the tombs and he said, what's your name? He said, my name is legion because we're many. So men that would conquer legion, men that would conquer many things, men that would overcome the, the, the attacks of the enemy, men that would conquer their circumstances must first rule themselves. Listen, When you're in the storm, you're having to learn how to rule yourself so that when you get on the other side, you can learn how to deal with legion. That's the purpose of the storm. He stood up from the stern of the boat and he looked at them preachers and he said, why are you so fearful? And where is your faith? He was trying to say to them, remember as teacher, he was trying to say to them, if you're going to overcome legion, you're going to have to learn how to rule yourself in the midst of the storm. You're going to have to learn that when storms are raging around you, circumstances are bad, the economy, the pandemic, politics, the, 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 the community, all that's happening in our world, all the stuff, all the stuff, the storms, hurricane season, all this stuff is going on. You and I are going to have to learn how in the midst of that storm to, to be at peace and to rule ourselves. To rule ourselves so that when we get on the other side of that storm and I come up against a legion, I can deal with him in that moment. I can overcome that situation. You've got to learn to rule yourself in the midst of the storm. We can't fall apart, we can't panic. We can't neglect God, quit God, quit the church, quit God, stop believing in in miracles. We can't do it. We cannot fall apart. Remember Matthew 24. We believe that we're in the days of sorrow. Remember he said the love of many would grow cold. People will give up. People will stop believing in God, stop believing in the church, stop attending church, stop, uh, stop believing in, in, in God and, and, and his, his moving in their life. People will give up. You've got to hold strong in the midst of a storm so that on the other side, you can deal with legion. And everybody said, amen. amen. Number two, navigational truths. Your boat is not the only one in the clutches of this storm. Remember verse 36. Now, when they had left the multitude, whew, we, we may have a part three, I don't know. Listen, when they left the multitude, how many wants to be significant and make a difference in this world? Then you're going to get used to leaving the multitude. Most people are not going to go where you're going. I've said it to you before, the more apostolic I become, the lonelier I get. You're going to have to accept the fact That if you're going to follow God and you're going to follow Jesus and you're going to go into the storm and learn how to rule yourself so that you can pop out on the other side and deal with legion, you're going to have to learn. You're going to leave the multitude behind. Not everybody's going to go where you're going. Not everybody's going, going to show up and be there with you. You're going to be alone and you're going to have to get used to that. So they left the multitude behind. They took him along in the boat as he was and other little boats were also with him. Listen to me. You're not alone. I understand. I get it. I do. There are people watching online right now that have been fighting the COVID-19. I was talking to someone the other day in the church that had a, a tough go of it. And they're locked in their house. And I, and I was talking to them. I said, listen, I know you feel like you're alone. I remember when I was quarantined for 10 days. I remember when I was at St. Elizabeth Hospital for 12 days with my mother, 24 seven, night and day, watching my mother die. And I was in that room. There were times I felt so alone as I'm sitting there on on the edge of eternity, watching her slip away and having to deal with that. But you have to remember, you're not alone in that storm. You can't see them, but there are other boats out there. You can't see these people, listen. I, I, look, I get it. There are times when I get so frustrated with all that's happening in the world around me right now. And sometimes I just get so frustrated. And I'll call people and I'll talk to people. And I find out these men of God are in the same storm that I'm in. There are other boats in the lake. There are other boats in the storm. You're not by yourself. I say that because the enemy is a master at isolating you and saying, you're the only one and nobody cares about you. Pastor don't care about you. When's the last time pastor called you? Them people at that church down there, they don't care about you. Christians, they're all a bunch of hypocrites. They don't care. Nobody cares about you. Listen, you've got to remember that when you're on the lake and the storm is raging, you can't see. But there are other boats in that situation with you. You're not alone. Everyone has problems. Some people are just better at hiding them than others. You you come in here, as I've said to you many times, we put on our best, we we do the best we can. (laughs) We come in here and we, we, we put our best foot forward. And we sit here and we just look around. Everybody just, you know, just seems so wonderful, smells so good, looks so good. And uh, we think, if only they knew what I was going through. Listen, they're going through it too. They're go- That's why I've said to you for years super spiritual people don't inspire, they intimidate because they don't tell you the whole story. They want you to think that they've got it all together. They ain't got it together. They got a mess in their life just like you got a mess in yours. They got dirty clothes stacked up in the, in the laundry room. They got dirty dishes in the sink. They got unpaid bills on their desk. They got children that are acting crazy. They've got, listen, everybody is fighting the same devil and he ain't got no new tricks. Are you with me? Like Sister Clinton instead of Brother Clinton years ago. She said, "How precious are the feet of those that bring good news. Your feet may be precious, but they stink just like everybody else's." So you've got to understand, guys, everybody's got bad breath. You're not the only one. That was deep, wasn't it? I felt that Hebrew come out in me. Here's the problem. Trouble will place a demand upon trust when our circumstances do not agree with what we believe. You understand that? Circumstances and trouble will put a a demand on your trust. When I'm sitting in that hospital room next to my mother at 2.30 in the morning and I put on that song, Beulah Land, because that was her favorite song, and I'm watching my mother take her last breaths Her last breaths. I'm sitting there as a man of God who preaches divine healing, who preaches God can do anything, who has seen miracles. Not, oh, my back hurts and now I'm better. Miracles. Tumors disappear. Seen it. When I see miracles and yet I'm in my hospital room and I'm having to let go of my mama. And you can say, well, it's her time. 91 years old. I get it live a full life, but COVID-19 for me is not the way to go. I feel like it steals. I just, that's my opinion. But I just, I just wasn't ready to let her go. Let's do it that way. That's a better way to say it. I wasn't ready to let her go. Okay, I wanted her to die in her sleep in her own bed in her own house, full of years. But my point is sometimes circumstances can place a demand On your trust. Can, can I say goodbye to my mama? I looked at her and asked her to do me a favor when she got to heaven. Can I do that? And then get up and call the family and say, mama's gone. Can I do that? And then come back the next Sunday and get in this pulpit and preach the same gospel. Are you tracking with me and still tell you that he, he's a God of miracles and he heals the sick. Can I do that? You see, this is the problem. You've got to know that you're not alone. And these circumstances are going to put a demand on your trust. And you've got to hold steady. Third, navigational truth. Man. Boats and people only sink. And this is a repeat for you. Boats and people only sink when the circumstances on the outside gets on the inside. Verse 37. Verse 37. Speaking of the waves coming in so that it was already filling up, okay? Already filling up. So you only get in trouble when you let the stuff on the outside get on the inside. Anxiety is internalized stress. That's all it is. Anxiety is internalized stress. What really matters is not what happens to me, but what happens in me. So when I'm in the storm, don't worry about what's going on out here as much as you do what's going on in here. That's why he said to renew the mind by the washing of the word. To guard your heart because from it's the wellspring of life. Guys, listen to me. I said it to you in 2020. We need to be real careful with COVID-19. And not, and not, so, and not only what it would do to us physically. But the division that it's bringing within the church. We got to watch that. When we turn on each other over silly things, God's watching. We got to watch that stuff. It concerns me when circumstances rise up, circumstances rise up and it causes division in the house, whether it's politics or a pandemic. And we turn on each other viciously. That ain't right. We got to guard that stuff. You got to be careful with it. Number four, during the testing... You need to know that the teacher never speaks. Verse 38. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? During the storm, and I have felt it myself, when 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 you're in the storm and you're going through it, oftentimes I don't hear his voice. How many times have I told you, when I get into a storm, often I'll go to prayer, and my prayers seem to hit the ceiling and bounce off. I go to the word and I can't find anything that speaks to me. I put on worship and it just, doesn't seem to, it just doesn't seem to register. I don't feel his presence. And the thing that holds me steady is my love for him. I love him and I know he loves me and I hold steady. I hold steady. During the testing, the teacher does not speak. They left the shore with the teacher they get into the middle of the lake, a storm breaks out and he's asleep in the bow of the boat. Finally, they wake him up and said, don't you even care that we're perishing? You gotta realize that in the, in the testing of your life, the teacher doesn't speak. When, when, the, when the teacher says, when, he's, when she or he's giving a test in the classroom and he says, the test begins now, they stop talking. And then when the time is up, they say, put your pencil down, it's over. During the test, the teacher doesn't talk and you've got to get used to that. Lessons of the storm. Any storm you can sleep through and have peace in, you can conquer that storm. You'll be all right. Learn to sleep in your storm. Learn to be at peace. You can overcome it. The second thing is the presence of death that's around you does not equal the absence of God. Why is it when Lazarus dies... Martha and Mary, when Jesus finally shows up, they said, if only you had been here, he wouldn't have died. What makes you think that because death was present, God wasn't? Why is it we equate the presence of death with the absence of God? How many believes that in that hospital room with my mother dying, God was right there with me? Just because the spirit of death had come doesn't mean it pushed God out whenever there's a storm and circumstances and trouble and anxiety and stress, suddenly we think, oh, where's God? Well, he's right there. Remember, you followed him into that storm. Oh, where's Jesus at? He's, in the, he's asleep in the bow of the boat. He's sleeping because the teacher doesn't speak during the storm. Well, I can't hear him. I know you can't because he's, he's teaching you something. He can't speak right now. Well, where's God at? He's right there. He's right there with you. Listen. Our disruption, our disruption rather in the economy, pandemic, politics, society, crime in the street, whatever it is. Our disruption, when our lives are disrupted, you've got to remember that does not disturb God. Look, when the disciples went in the stern of the boat, they didn't find Jesus up there doing this. Oh, my Lord, what are we going to (laughs) do? Father, where are you? Oh, my. Oh, no, I don't. I I don't. And those disciples come up and say, Don't you care that we're perishing? No, I I care. I just don't know what to do. You're on your own, boys. He didn't do that. He was asleep. Because he, he he learned as a man to rule himself in the midst of any storm. And any storm he can sleep through, he can conquer. And he stood up and went to the bow of the boat and he was able to release that internal condition on an external situation. And he said, peace be still. You've got to possess it before you can give it. Okay. And he let it go and he calmed it. You've got to understand that just because your life is being disrupted, it doesn't mean that it disturbs God. It's still father filtered. Number five, the voice of Peter woke Jesus when the storm could not. You hear me? Jesus was asleep in the the stern of, of that boat. He's up in the bow of that boat, asleep. And that storm didn't bother him. The waves, the water coming in, the lightning, the thunder, no problem. But the one thing that woke Jesus was the voice of Peter. Verse 39, then he arose And he said, peace, be still. The word peace there in the Greek means hush, hush. Now again, remember teacher, other side, legion crying out and God hushes, Jesus hushes that voice. But first he had to hush that storm. You got to learn how to deal with your circumstances and be able to hush it. If you're ever going to be able to deal with that out there and hush that up. If you're going to deal with the devil, if you're going to deal with that, you're going to have to learn how to hush anxiety within so that you can hush the storms without. The word be still means to muzzle, to muzzle the mouth, to muzzle it. He muzzled the mouth of that storm. So, as I said earlier, anxiety likes to have a voice and be heard. When it is heard by us, it can't have power over us. You've got to learn how to muzzle the mouth of anxiety in your head so you can muzzle the mouth of Legion. You've got to learn how to do that. How many wants the church to make a difference in America? How many wants us to really see a move of God? Listen, we're going to have to go through these things to prepare us for what's coming. We've got to learn how to deal with these things. You need to know this. Listen, those of you on the campus and those of you watching online, you say, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I understand, but you're not alone. And you say, but where's God at? Listen, God's asleep. The teacher's not speaking. And, and, and that, you need to know that that storm, that storm is not, it's not waking him up. It may not wake him up. It may not disturb him, but your voice will when you go to him and you say, Father, I need you, that'll wake him up. That'll get his attention. Listen, let me tell you something. I preached a message here a number of years ago um, out of of John chapter three. uh, For God so loved the world that he gave. And I made the statement, when it comes to you, God can't help himself. When it comes to you, you're a soft touch. For God so loved the world that he couldn't help himself, he gave everything he had. Grandparents are notorious for being a soft touch. When my babies get up in my lap and they put their hands on my face and they ask me for something, it's a done deal. (laughs) And when I get up in my father's lap and I say, Abba, he wakes up. He says, what is it son? I need you. Listen, the storm may not wake him, but your voice will. Number six, what begins in faith will be challenged by fear, and you need to know that. Verse 40. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? Where, why are you so fearful? Fearful means sense of dread producing timidity a dread of the storm, and they became timid. The word faith there means persuasion, moral conviction, a reliance on Christ. I'm gonna trust him. We must learn to go through it, the storm, without it going through us. We've gotta learn how to go through a pandemic without the pandemic going through us and dividing our churches. We've got to learn how to go through an election without that election going through us and dividing our our churches. We've got to learn how to go through economic hard times and not allow it to go through us without dividing our churches. We've got to learn how to go through situations, okay? Go through the situation without allowing the situation to go through us and ripping our churches apart. We've got to learn how to do it or we're never gonna make a difference in this world. We've got to learn how to go through it without it going through us. Inner chaos will never bring peace to a chaotic world. Inner chaos in us is never gonna bring peace to a chaotic world. If I can't learn how to rule myself in the storm, when I get over here on the other side, I'll never be able to deal with legion. Can't do it. But because Jesus was able to sleep through the storm and then stand up and say, peace be still, When he got on the other side and legion came out of the tombs, he said, hush, and he dealt with him and he set that man free. I want to set the world free. I want to make a difference in this world. I want my life to count for something. So if I would conquer the world, I must first conquer myself. And we've got to learn to do this. These are navigational truths that will take you to the other side. Number seven, and I'm done. With each new named storm, and they were in a named storm, comes a new name of who he is. There are many things that went on in their lives, and we don't know what all of them are, but this one here, God shared with us. There's a lot of things that go into, goes on in my life that I wouldn't call it a named storm, something significant. It's not a teaching moment. Sometimes I go through things, it's just life, Okay. But there are other times I go through things, it's a God moment. It's a named storm. But in that named storm, that intentional, deliberate storm that God allowed, in that storm, if I pay attention, I I can discover a new name for him. Okay? Verse 41. They feared exceedingly after he said, peace be still. And they said to one another, who can this be? Even the storm obeys him. They were learning something about Jesus they never knew before. You see, the reason this is so important is because our faith is restricted by our misconceptions of who God is and what he is like. We are limited by our misconceptions of who he is. That's why so many times People, that's why a message like this is so important because people get into a storm and they just fall all apart. Well, where's God at? God's forsaken me. God's abandoned me. There's nobody else in here with me. This serves no purpose. I, I'm just falling apart. This is going to destroy me. I, I, I don't. There's no purpose. They just fall all apart, and, and, and that's, they do that because we we have a misconception of who He is. That He's a teacher. He led us into the storm. Everything's father-filtered. We're, he's trying to teach us something. We have to learn how to control ourselves so we can control others or control situations. So you see, it, we, we have a misconception of who God is. That's why Job's wife looked at him and said, will not you curse God and die? You know why she said that? Because she didn't know who God was. But Job came to the place where he said, though God slay me, yet, li- yet will I trust him. You see why that's so important? That's why I said earlier, Moses learned the ways of God, what he did, why he did it the way he did. Israel, all they saw was the great acts and the great deeds, all the fireworks. Woo-hoo! You see God do great things. Listen, that's all good, but what's more important is that you know him and why he does what he does. A misconception of who he is will restrict your faith and it will derail you. Failing to recognize the Christ within, people drown from the storms without. That's a fact. Failing to recognize the Christ that's within my boat causes people to drown from the storms without. You've got to know that he's in control. He's got you in the palm of his hand. Stephen, come help me. I know that there are people on this campus and watching online today that you're, you're troubled by many things. This morning, we all woke up to the news of the storm, excuse me, the earthquake that happened in Haiti. I think, was it 2010, they had the other one, an earthquake that was devastating. I, they said this morning, they believe this earthquake is gonna be worse than the one in 2010. We wake up to the health crisis in our nation. We wake up to a lot of different things on the news. And it's so easy to let that stuff get in your head. That anxiety starts speaking, anxiety. And it begins to take hold of us and we have to be careful. There's one thing that is absolutely necessary, absolutely. Now remember, we started out talking about the voice of anxiety and how you can cope with it, ignore it, fact over fiction. You can stay busy. You you know, we talked about all that, okay? But let me just remind you of Luke chapter 10. But the Lord answered Martha. He said, Martha, you're anxious. And you're troubled about many things, but only one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. You see, Martha was troubled by all the things around her, but Mary chose to sit at his feet. And that couldn't be taken away from her because the peace and the joy that she had It's not circumstantial. Happiness is circumstantial. You get a raise, you're happy. Okay? But you get the pink slip and you get terminated, that happiness goes. But the joy can't take it away because the joy of the Lord is my strength. I know that I'm pleasing to him. He loves me. He's going to take care of me. He takes joy in me. My Father watches over me. So you see, Mary found something that couldn't be taken away by this world. But Jesus said, only one thing is necessary. You can have many things, and yet like the one thing that is necessary, you can have a great job, you can have great investments, retirement plans, savings account." You can have a lot of toys, you can have a lot of popularity, you can have a lot of things going on. And all of that can be taken away in a moment of time. Only one thing is necessary. Only one. And that's not circumstantial. One thing, peace is priceless. Do you understand that? I want you to listen to that again. Peace is priceless. Do you know that there have been men and women who have made millions, millions, and either she takes a bottle bottle of pills and swallows them, or he takes a gun and puts it in his mouth. Millions, you understand that? And still, would give it all up for one moment of peace. One moment of peace. Michael Jackson, Jackson, fame and fortune. And yet he had a doctor coming in to his home at night trying to help him find one moment of peaceful sleep. He died. Do, Do you hear me? He died in the pursuit of peaceful sleep. Men will give up millions for one moment of what you feel in this church many times, in this altar, worshiping God. Many times when I get into his presence, it's like you step out of this world, time, you step into eternity and all the cares of this life just roll off of you. It's like you can breathe again for just a moment. It's just suspended in his presence. They say scuba divers experience that when they go under, they get to a place sometimes where they're just suspended underwater and it's just such a peaceful place because they're suspended and the cares of the world can't get to them. In the presence of God, surrounded by the Shekinah glory, you're just, for a brief moment, for a brief moment, peace of mind. The cares of this world roll off. Listen, men would give up millions. Write a check today if they could find just for one moment what you get in this altar. That's why it frustrates me when we treat Sunday so, eh, may go, may not go. When we come in here and we're so lethargic, I don't like that song. Or, yeah, I'm just tired today. I don't, listen, men would give millions. Michael Jackson died in the pursuit of what you have access to every Sunday morning. Just one moment in the Shekinah glory of the Lord. Peace is priceless and is only found at the feet of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.